2: Can you say hard hats, folks? Hard hats, lunch pails, steel to boots?
3: Anything short of a championship this year is a failure. <laughs> Look at this
2: boomer right here. You've just got so much talent here. Somebody said we need to apologize for Jaylen. Can I
3: call the John? What are we apologizing for? What'd we say? <laughs> yeah, What'd we do? <laughs>
2: Okay, everybody, welcome into the Garden Report, Sunday night edition. Marcus Smart return edition of the Celtics defeat the Memphis Grizzlies in a blowout, I think as we all expected, 131-91. This was about as lopsided of a, of a talent discrepancy as I think you'll ever see in the NBA. There's been a lot of blowouts over the years, but you could. this was one of those games where you could just watch and see that there was one team that is playing for a championship, and there's one team that I think – uh we're, we're looking for to fill the roster outside the TD Garden earlier today. Sherrod and, and Bobby, uh, welcome in. Uh, obviously, the the big story tonight is not the Celtics win. It is uh, old friend Marcus Smart. Look at Sherrod. Look at Sherrod smiling, grinning from ear to ear. His buddy's back.
4: My guy is back. He's back. He's back.
2: He's back. Marcus he was Smart back. Made, his, made his return tonight um, to the delight of everybody in the TD Garden. A lot of a uh, lot of Celtics fans there, but also a lot of Marcus Smart fans there, regardless of what jersey or i guess in this case what um street clothes he's he's in um not playing tonight due to the finger issue and it's just been a tough tough year for him and the, and the grizzlies but i want to bring in bobby who's uh inside the arena right now and sherrod who's also inside the arena but bobby we'll start with you because i know you got you got some some places to be um just thoughts on on the return and, and what can you tell us from being there
3: yeah i lived up to the hype obviously him walking in everybody all smiles looking for him whenever they bumped into him you just kind of imagine a brighter look on anybody's faces. And uh, he gave a great press conference before the game. Uh, we can dive into that as the show goes on. Some interesting comments were out there, but, you know, I was looking around for him before. I want to go talk to some guys in the Grizzlies side to, you know, see what it's been like being his teammate this year. And so I'm talking to John Gilliard, who was their point guard tonight. I feel a big pat on the shoulder. I'm like, oh, there he is. And then we walked over and, uh you know, did a yeah. press conference there. So, It was cool. Um, The ovation was massive uh, after the tribute video. They did the Heroes Among Us for him tonight as well, which I thought was a really good idea. Obviously, he probably did about as much community work in Boston as any Celtic, uh, in recent memory at least. So uh, he was all high spirits. He walked into the locker room, greeted Tatum, greeted Horford, um, you know, even Phil Pressey to just show how long he was with the Celtics, one of his first teammates. He had a long conversation with him in the Celtics room. And you know, right now he's just being patient with everything. Obviously the season's been a disaster for Memphis. He's out for quite a while now with this finger injury. And, you know, the one thing I'm interested in still, is he part of this team going forward? Obviously all the reporting has been that he's going to stay. They're going to keep him for next year. He has another year left on his contract. Um, but they get blown away. If someone really wants to make him part of their playoff push, I don't know, maybe you consider that if you're Memphis, especially, I mean, they have a little bit of a uphill battle to get where they want to in terms of contention, contending here, and is he part of that long-term ultimately? They'll have to ask that question at the deadline. I don't think he's going anywhere, but obviously he's been connected to the Lakers, been connected to the Bucks at this point, so it was good he got this return, and without being moved, it stunk he didn't play, but... This this environment lived up to the hype. There's no doubt about it, Sherrod.
4: Yeah, I mean, you knew that he was going to get a pretty good ovation, but I, I don't think we could have expected it to be consistent as it was. I mean, there were the two standing ovations when there was a hero among us and then did a tribute video. But even throughout the game, there were times where the, the crowd really, you know, they, they wanted to show him some love. And, and for Marcus, you know, uh, think about all that, that he – experience both on and off the court in Boston. And for him to have a moment like this, a night like this uh, was really good to see. And as, as much as I know he's a competitor, it was kind of nice that he didn't play uh, so that there was no game dynamics that you would have to bake into the conversation. It could be all about his return and the love that, that he got from Celtics fans and the organization. Uh, I, I thought the, the Celtics did some really, really classy things. That hero among us, uh, that was really, nice really, that was really nice, really nice. And you know, me and Al Horford before the game, we were joking about uh, whether Marcus would cry or not. And Al was, oh, he's totally going to cry. You may not see it. It right looked away, like he mean,
3: was, Sharad. He yeah, was kind of turned away. Well, we're, we're,
4: exactly, and that was intentional. You know, Mark. As soon as he saw it, it just, he just you saw the back all of a sudden turn to where he knew the cameras were. Because again, Marcus has been around a block. He knows his building. He he knows where all the cameras are at, and he knows where they're not, they can't see his face. So he turned his back, looked at his bench. You could tell he was emotional, and that's good to see uh, because that, to me, it embodied what he was as a player in Boston. He was a very emotional, uh, high-energy guy from from the b- very beginning uh, to, the, to the bitter end, uh, you know, and as the Celtics kind of progress and go on without Marcus, you, you can't help but uh, understand and appreciate – what he brought to this organization and how so many of the foundational elements of who they are were rooted in having a Marcus Smart around for nine years. Uh, so uh, it was great to see them show him the kind of love that I think he deserved uh, based upon what he did as a player, both on and off the court here in Boston. Uh, and, you know, you wish him the best of luck health wise. And you wish that team would play better. I They were one of my sleeper teams this year. And I guess they've been all, they've been asleep all damn season. <laughs> with injuries, they've, they've just, been in
5: a coma. exactly.
4: <laughs> this that is not that is not quite how I envisioned it, but with all the injuries that they've had, though, it's understandable.
3: I mean, Sherrod, gotta, that starting lineup tonight, Gilliard, Pippen, uh, don't even know. You know, name. Hey, hey, Bobby, right. you know
4: what? I was talking to some folks from the Grizzlies, and they were just like, there might be maybe two guys in that who played tonight who will not be in a summer league team.
3: Maybe this could. This Maybe. could literally be the starting lineup of the Memphis Hustle if all yeah. was right this year. Well, we had that conversation, too.
2: Isaiah Thomas can't get a 10-day on, on this cruise. Like, <laughs> There's got to be some some guys out there with some NBA you know, experience. In but, yeah, it's well, Jimmy.
3: you know what? At this point, Jimmy, they might as well just go no,
2: we'll Lock
4: mean, up that damn, top 10 I pick. Mean, lock up the I top mean. 10 pick. Damn. Isaiah Thomas would totally screw that up because, you know, <laughs> yeah, he, he was single-handedly winning like six or seven games. that They have no business winning.
2: I'm always and like, I'm, yeah.
3: What do so you think that of that? the tribute, Jimmy?
2: Oh, the tribute was good. I want to, I just want to say this is a comment that we got here. Of course, no, Zanis, he's not a smart fan. This might shock a few of you uh watching. John Zanis isn't on the show tonight because he was at the game. He was. As a fan. And I think I may have seen him on TV in a Marcus Smart jersey. I can't confirm that, but it looked like somebody so, looked right like, at the, I mean, He might have Marcus, Marcus Smart jersey on.
3: So he was sitting right to the left of us here at the media section. He was in the section of the left here. And we yeah. look over in the fourth quarter, and we're like, where is he? And we look at the opposing baseline, <laughs> and he's kind of like traipsing along like the grizzly sideline. I'm like, is he going to say hello to Marcus? But he was, oh. he was moving up. He was doing the classic move, Jimmy. Sneak oh, up he's, to some uh, oh, he's in trying the fourth to, quarter.
2: Wow, that's a veteran move. I'm surprised. He
3: <laughs> well done.
2: The last thing John Zanis needs is better seats. I think the guy has uh, had the, the best access of anybody in New England uh, when it comes to sports moments. But, yeah, he's at the game tonight. And just goes to show that, yeah, we, I mean, and it's not just for John Zanis, but for, for everybody on this show too. We've obviously been critical of Marcus Smart, just like we have with everybody. But that doesn't take away from our respect we have for him and, and our understanding of, what he's done for the city, what he's done for the organization over the years, how difficult it was for them to make that decision to go ahead and trade him, and you just you just can see uh, a classy organization in, in Boston putting together not only just the Celtics tribute, but what you said earlier, Shirad, the hero among us. That's something that I don't I don't think. Uh, I've seen that uh, when it comes to a player's making a return before, and sure, no, you probably could back me up. I don't, on that.
4: I don't, I don't think so. I don't think there has been anything like that. And and you know, the, the thing about Marcus uh, that uh, there's so many things I, I really, really loved about having him here. But I thought in his pre-game press conference, there was a, a moment that he got into that I, I think really it speaks to to how he feels about the whole process and that is he had no issue with being traded in fact he said on multiple occasions he would have done the same thing that was
3: unbelievable wasn't it
4: but you know what the thing is the point that he made and it was a point that I had issue with too was that they could have at least given him a heads up that this was coming I mean they literally went from like At 9 p.m. being told that the Brogdon deal was not going to happen till like 9.07, Marcus is gone. There was like literally, yeah, there was like no time elapsed between when they went from the, the deal that didn't plan out to this new deal. And Marcus, you know, that was the only thing that he was a little sore about and hurt was that he didn't get any kind of advanced notice that they were they're looking to move him because you know there's no way that deal came together as quickly as it did unless there was some preparation on the front end uh and i think that's that was the thing that that hurt him the most that they were clearly you know open to the idea of moving him uh way well before they pulled the trigger on that there's no way you can pull the trigger go from brogdon trade falling apart to the smart trade coming through just the way it did there's no way
3: yeah and of course zach kleinman memphis's gm said over the summer that Smart was a guy they were interested in a while who they had conversations over for a while before that night. And as far as I know, I think the notice about the trade that Smart mentioned over the summer too when we talked to him right after the deal, I think that was a bit of a miscommunication. Now, I don't know exactly how it went down, um, but I don't think the Celtics ever unequivocally told him there's no chance you're being moved. Maybe it was like nothing's in the works right now or... You know I don't think that was his right yeah
4: I don't think that was his issue I think them telling him that I don't think he he's smart enough to know that's always possible His issue from my understanding was that when they made the decision to move him they the just made the, the decision yeah. Yeah, they they I mean a simple text saying hey buddy look I hate to be the bearer of bad news but you know the brogin thing fell apart and Memphis really really loves you and We're going to we're going to trade you. Uh, Give me a call (laughs) or something like that to at least give him a because I think for Marcus, part of the, the issue that he had was he gave nine years to this organization. And yes, he was paid for. But you look at the foundation that they're working with now. This is a team that when they're at their best, they're elite at the defensive end of the floor. Marcus had a lot to do with that. Um, Marcus, there are many nights, you think back to when he, those first few years, where he basically shamed his teammates into playing better defense uh, yeah. because he was playing at such a high level. And it went from being shamed into playing great defense to an expectation that collectively you would play uh, defense at least – whatever your capacity to play good defense was, you would at least come close to reaching that max potential. And Marcus brought that out of a lot of guys. And so I I understand why he was a little bit, you know, um, not happy with, with just being traded without any heads up because he felt he had invested enough in his organization where he deserved that courtesy. Um, so I, I get it. But at the same time, you know, I go back to Bobby, what we were just talking about earlier about him saying, I would have done the same deal if it were me. That is some serious uh, just kind of um, understanding who you are in this whole NBA ecosystem. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys who would never say that I would trade me for anyone, even though you know damn well that they are like maybe fifth best player on their roster. And there's at least 50 guys that their team should trade him for if they could. Uh, so I, I, I like that that just kind of really self-reflection that Marcus had about just his situation and understanding why Brad and the Brass did what they did.
2: I think we have a clip here from Marcus talking. I'm going to give it a shot here and see if I know what I'm doing in action.
1: Oh, wow. I mean, you know, um, it was, it was, you know, like I said, uh, between getting married and the wedding and, and everything, <clears throat> excuse me, personally that I've been dealing with, uh, it helped It's helped me cope. It did. And you know, it, it definitely hurt, but it didn't hurt as, as hard as I thought it would, uh, because of that. Um, you know, and um, like I said, I've understand business and I understand this business. And um, and I tell people to this day, if it was me, I'd make the same business decision as well. Um, all I asked was that, you know, could have gave a heads up or just a simple, hey, been here nine years. We just want to let you know this is what's going on. Perfect. You know, at the end of the day, I'm a businessman as well. And um, so that, that's what it was, the hurt uh, really come from, um, you know, um, but like I said, I was able to to keep my mind off of it. Um, there's no ill will towards the organization, towards my teammates, towards the coaching staff. I love everybody, and I'm thankful to have the, had the opportunity to play with those guys.
4: Right, and and that was and he's you know what Marcus said there is consistent with what. Uh, Everything I heard from his camp over the summer, or after the deal went down, that the deal itself didn't bother him. The fact that he didn't get any kind of advance warning after having been here for nine years that that was going down that was the issue that he had.
2: Yeah, and I I guess that's like the that's the ugly side of the business of basketball, right, Shred? And that's why, you know, it it I think sometimes we need to understand that it, it goes two ways in, in sports. You know, sometimes the players get a lot, get a lot of uh hate uh if they leave a team and if they choose another team for, and free agency, but just as quickly, they you know, they can be traded. So loyalty goes both ways. And and I don't think Marcus Smart is, is saying that the Celtics aren't loyal to him. He's just saying that, you know, would have been nice to maybe have a little bit more of that. He probably feels that he he was due that after yeah. that time here.
4: And I I think that, that, yeah, that was, I think, his biggest issue, that he felt that based upon being here nine years, uh, that if you're going to cut me loose, give me a heads up. You know, if if it would have happened during his second or third year or even fourth year, it's just like, yeah, they, they did what they did. I haven't really invested much in this city, in this town, in this organization. But that was just the opposite. He had invested tremendously. In this organization, and uh, this city, and mm-hmm. and the people around here, and for him, I I don't think it's out of the ordinary, or or frankly an outlandish request or desire that if you're traded, to give you a little bit of advance notice that you're about to be moved.
2: Right, Bobby. Um, anything else on Smart? I know you wanted to get get your thoughts in before you went back into the locker room, and I know you got you got to go talk to Joe. I think so.
3: Yeah, on that uh, I think what he told us Brad, exactly when we uh, talked to him over the summer was that. I knew I was going to get traded at some point. It wasn't going to be Brown or Tatum. So <laughs> he, he didn't know exactly when it would be. He didn't know it would be so soon. But he always had an idea in his mind that guys don't spend the rest of their careers with a team quite the same way they used to. And uh, he was prepared for it to come at some point. But it's it's obviously a lot of regret. They came close in 2022. They had a lot of long runs. He would have loved for him, Rob, Grant, all the guys that went out the door this summer to be part of what they were going to do eventually on this title run but at the same time I mean the Celtics have kind of moved on I mean there wasn't a lot of enthusiasm for talking about him yesterday it was more on focusing on winning this game and getting things right for this season and it was great to see them do that tonight you know winning by 40 There was a little run during the second quarter where it looked like it was going to be get a little dangerous there but they they overall just took care of this team and walked out the door with a win here fairly easily and it was funny uh, down in Memphis, Smart gave them a big speech for what Santi Aldama said was ten minutes before the game, trying to you know get them prepared for what the Celtics do and give them little tips and tricks for playing them. And I asked uh, their coach before the game about that, and he was like, "Yeah, he did it again." <laughs> so, yeah, you know, that's Smart. Like there was obviously a beloved side to him in that room, and then I think there was also an overbearing at times side to him in that room that, you know, maybe his voice got a little bit tired in there. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was time for some new leaders to take over, namely Brown and Tatum. And uh, they've obviously done a great job with that this year. I mean, there's never really been a point, thanks in large part to Drew Holiday, obviously, Jimmy, that yeah. um, they, we've said they need Smart right now. Like, they really miss him at this point. And, you know, talking to some fans, we did a video tribute with some fans um, over on All Access. They kind of feel the same way. It's like, you know, thank you for the nine years, but it's probably time. And I think Smart probably feels similarly. Like there's some regret that it couldn't work out, that it couldn't go the full way to the you know entire career spent with that team. But um, it was a good run nonetheless. I think he ended up being, in terms of everything, the defensive identity off the court, leadership, one of the more impactful guys of the last you know 20 ish years here. Um, mm-hmm. And you know I don't know if 36 is going up there, Sherrod. Probably not, but no, Bobby.
2: Well, I, I don't even know.
3: That's and I about love as Martin. close. That's about as close as you can come again. Well, without- forty go
2: up there too. No, if thirty, think- if, if thirty six goes up, Bobby's gonna be asking. All right, I'm for 40. out of here,
3: guys. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll see you in a bit, maybe. Hopefully, Yeah. possibly. All right. We'll, we'll get. We're we'll getting more of your thoughts on the game uh, when you come back, Bobby. Because there, there he's was not more. coming back. Yeah, he's, we'll- he's not
4: coming back, Jimmy. Stop he's, lying to the he's, people. Not-
2: the Cornette, the cornet, the, the number 40 uh, Cornette talk sh- uh, scared him away. That's fine. it, did. he was totally shook. It was shook. a it, it, <laughs> don't look at the box score if you're Luke Cornette tonight. That's one thing you probably don't want to do, but um, Sherrod, let's let's reset here. So we got Marcus Martock out of the way, and, and I know you guys probably uh, you got probably have dinner plans with him later tonight, but regardless, um, there's a game uh, aside from that, and uh, again, like we're not going to get too wrapped up in, in the fact that they won because I think. Uh, if they didn't win, uh, you know, we have a have, very well, different yeah, conversation. Oh, hell might've been broken loose. It might've broken loose tonight, but what can you take from this game? You know, were there players that stood out to Obviously they, they did get to go to the bench tonight um, right. more, more than uh, a lot of games. So we got to see, again, we got to see some more We got to see Jordan Walsh a little bit. Right. Um, Hauser got, you know, 23 minutes, although he's kind of in a little bit of a up and down part of uh, the season, you could say, but, um, aside from, listen, the obvious 34 from Tatum, uh, he was on uh, from start mm-hmm. to finish tonight. And some really just, again, I said this earlier, it looked like a t- team of G-leaguers they were playing. And I think Tatum kind of got into that little bit of a groove and, and he was he was feeling the flow out there, doing the bull dance. Uh, Six of 12 from three and 34 points for him. Uh, but, it, you know, what else, what else can you take from this one?
4: I, I think for the Celtics, the, the biggest takeaway for you from this, besides obviously getting the win, is the fact that you were able to get the win without having to significantly exert some of your core guys. I mean, Jalen mm-hmm. Brown did not play, uh, which, again, for a game like this, you'd love for that to happen, uh, to give him a, a full night off. And yeah. Tatum let everyone with, like, just under 31 minutes played. Everyone else played in the 20s or teens, which is great for a game like this where you are clearly better than your opponent in every way, shape, and form. Uh, like I mentioned to you earlier, you know, they were joking about how – this Grizzlies team that we saw out here now, the majority of those guys are gonna be under Summer League squad. And if that's what you're rolling out against the team with the best record in the NBA, guess what? You are going to get your ass kicked if they play even half as good as they're capable of. And I and again, the Celtics, this was not by any means their best game, but and they still won by 40. Uh it was it was just a matter of them literally deciding whether to turn it on and keep it on long enough to make this game a non- uh challenge and they did that uh if you're looking at individuals you know I, I love how porzingis just basically had a mismatch and they exploited it i mean the dude had 26 points it looked like bully ball it did it did and in fact your know, porzingis was like 10 for 17 shooting and of those seven misses i would say at least three of those right yeah right at the rim shots that he should have made uh and again you start going down the the, the roster of guys i mean You know, Tatum obviously was, was great. I thought Kata did a lot of good things in his, you know, we had eight points in nine, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. Uh, O'Shea Brissett did, I thought some positive things as well. You start going down the line and this was just, it was just a good win uh, against a team that you should be able to empty the bench. Uh, And as you mentioned earlier, Jordan Walsh, um, Give it up for Jordan Walsh. First career points for Jordan Walsh. You know we got a lot of Walsh fans I, I, in, the, in the. I've chat. seen him. I've seen him play a couple of G League games, and I'm. T- I just got a feeling this is a guy that can help them now. I think. Really? He, I, I I really think he's a guy. Not, not I'm, I'm not talking about playing like 10, ten fifty minutes. I'm talking like giving you a good three, four-minute stretch where he plays good defense, maybe forces a turnover, helps you Mm -hmm. spark uh, like a 10-0 run or a 12-2 run by just his effort and energy. doesn't score all those points, but does a lot of those little things that help you kind of get you going. Uh, I I would love to see him thrown out there for three, four, five minutes every now and then. Uh, But but to Joe Mazula's credit, though, he's got a very – clear vision of what he wants this rotation to look like and it's really hard to argue that he's he's wrong because they're winning and they're doing it now where he's not having to over exert his core guys to victory uh this was a game that again and tatum played 31 minutes and that felt like it was probably maybe four or five minutes too much yeah uh, he, he didn't he, he, he didn't he, he didn't I'm need sorry. to play that long yeah. right but but that's but uh, t- again for me it, it's like These are the kind of problems that when you're trying to be a champion, you're going to have. You're going to have like, oh, my gosh, we've got some really good players. i got to figure out how to cut back their minutes. Or i got to figure out how to get guys who aren't playing a major role or significant role. How can I get them on the floor and put them in positions of impact where they can do things that can be a difference in the game and get them comfortable and confident that they can make a difference when they're out there? Uh, And and that's, you know, Joe, I I think he's getting better at that. Uh, I don't think he's great. At that yet, but I think he's definitely trending in the right direction as far as which buttons to push uh and levers to pull in order to get these guys, you know, playing at a relatively high level.
2: I'm glad that you brought up Porzingis, because I don't think we can talk about Marcus Smart's return and not talk about the guy that, you know, came back in that deal. Yeah. And, and and I think tonight, again, another example of why that they had to make that trade, right? Yeah. And when when again, maybe Marcus Smart didn't get the call because they were like, okay. He's available. We got a strike. This deal's happening right now. We're we're doing it. And and I don't think anybody would take it back. <laughs> that's for sure. Knowing no. what we know and knowing how well this has gone so far. And I, I, I do wonder how Porzingis uh approached tonight's game, knowing that it was Marcus Smart's return, knowing that he's the guy that, that came back. And I wonder if he sat there tonight. And I I think they panned to him and I think I saw him him clapping along for the tributes, but that's gotta mean something to him to see. How, you know, two things, one, to see how important Marcus Smart was to this team. And I wonder if he's ever been on a team or ever been in a situation where he's been on the court for a tribute or a return, especially of that caliber, because he's been on teams where, let's be honest, it didn't end well uh, Yeah. for him, whether it's the Knicks, whether it's the Mavericks, you know, Washington just, you know, he did his thing, but it's Washington. What You know, what's right. it really mean? And he, he's not, put it this way, he's not getting a Marcus Smart tribute video anywhere he goes. So yeah. I wonder if, when he sees that, if he gets a different appreciation for Boston and what it means to be to be playing here. Not that he doesn't appreciate it already. And I also wonder if was he feeling any pressure to re- to be the guy that came in for Marcus Smart before, and if and if not, does that change things when he says, "Oh, wow, this guy really was a fan favorite," and I I sort of have an obligation to sort of you know play with that same intensity, be that uh, player that fans uh, want to watch and, and want to get behind.
4: I don't think that that was ever a factor of him before today or before the trivia or anything mm-hmm. like that, because they play two very different positions and they have two very different roles that they right. are tasked with playing for Zing to me, he's got one of the best jobs of any NBA starter in the NBA. He's making max money as the at best third option on the team that, I mean, I mean, think about working for a company where you make, you know, you, whatever the CEO makes, that's kind of what you're making, but you're like the assistant VP to the CEO. It's just, it, that, mm. that's, it's it's a great situation for him. Uh, and if you're prescient, I think you're clapping not only to just say, "Hey, Marcus, you know, welcome back." You're thinking, "Thank God they had Marcus Smart on his roster so that they could get him, get me here." Right. Uh, and and that's to me, if you're prescient, I, I think that is what you think about more than anything else is Mm -hmm. you have an opportunity for the first time in your career to play on an elite team compete for a championship and no one is looking at you as okay you've got to carry these guys on your back in order for us to get that title uh for him he just has to do play his role and most nights his role is to be a factor offensively uh be i think his
2: role needs to be bigger to be honest i think you know what
4: the, now, it's tricky, it's tricky though with him because you know you 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 say that and I, it makes sense, but then you look at Derek White and it's like, what doesn't Derek White have right, a big role ball? One ball. And what about Jalen? I mean, Jalen is, you know, we we I think some well, you know, sometimes we definitely uh take what he does for granted. Uh the fact that he can go out there and get you pretty much 20 more mm-hmm. 20 points every night and never really be the number one option. He'll have like maybe a five, six minute stretch where he's the number one option, mm-hmm. but that's it. Uh, and he still manufactures a tremendously high amount of points even though he's not consistently that that guy uh so i i think Porzingis is is cool with whatever role that they ask oh he's him to play. he's cool with it
2: yeah my, I mean, my, my only thing is that i think he needs to be more aggressive sometimes now i'm not saying tonight he because does. it's a different situation but there are games where i'm like well if they're not going to go to him he needs to he needs to go to the ball himself. You know what I mean? Like they they tend to forget him. And I don't know if that's a Joe issue or if that's a Tatum and Brown thing, but you have this guy in Porzingis that is one of a handful of players that can kind of do everything that he does all in one. And there are games where he goes, you know, eight field goal attempts. You know what I mean? It's like that. Those are the games where I'm like, damn, like they probably could have used him more on offense at least.
4: Absolutely. And that's and that's one of those things. I I consider that just part of the, the learning and growing process that you have when you're a new guy to mm-hmm. a team that's already built to win at a high level, that has already won at a relatively high level. You're trying to get in where you fit in. And I think for is there's some games where it just absolutely crystallizes itself and makes total sense. And other games where he just seems kind of lost in the fog of what exactly they need him to do uh, in order to be impactful. But at the end of the day though, um, if you're the Celtics, the thing that you are most consumed by and concerned with is him being healthy. Because you know if he's healthy, uh, you have a tremendously great opportunity to go very deep in the playoffs because more nice than not, he's going to be one of the mismatches that you can exploit. Uh, and, and this, you know, this game against the Grizzlies was a perfect example of what that looks like. Uh, they had no answer for him. I mean, he, he had 26 points, but he could have easily gone on for 40 if they really, really wanted him to. And he wanted to be assertive because I, I didn't think he was very assertive. I think he just took kind of what they gave him and they didn't really have much of a choice but to give him what he wanted because he's bigger, longer, better around, has better touch around the basket than the guys that were trying to defend him. And I use the word trying uh, right, loosely because right. <laughs> they're not very, this is, this was not a very good Memphis team, obviously, with injuries and stuff like that. So, um, for Zingas, Day, what are you supposed to do, get your 26 and call it a day.
2: Yeah.
6: Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets. Which players will score a touchdown? How many points will be scored? And so much more. New customers join today and you get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash Boston to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash Boston. Make every moment more. With FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com. We'll call 1-800-GAM-1234.
2: And, and again, like that's and 26, eight rebounds, two blocks. I mean, though, that's just another day at the office, you know. And, 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 and it, again, I guess my only thing was I wonder if he saw it tonight kind of unfold and, and was just like, damn, like that, that that's a real, that's kind of like a real love situation that they have for this guy. And like, I think he had a, I think he already had a great appreciation for playing mm-hmm. for the organization. But I think that's just like another example of it, of seeing that. And now I wonder if anyone's going to ask him something similar tonight, just, you know, thoughts on the fans' reaction and, and being the guy that sort of was traded for him. I think mm-hmm. that's an interesting little wrinkle, but it's obviously not, you know, the storyline tonight. Um,
4: well, keep keep in mind the teams that he has played for recently. I mean, you he played for the Washington right. Izzards. Uh, I call them Izzards because W's – there should, they should so be no W's in their names. The exactly. Lizards. Uh, yeah. And so – you play for them, you play for a Dallas team that was a one of the big underachievers that year. And, and so for him, I think the appreciation is being with an organization and being with a team of players mm-hmm. who are not just talking about winning, but their actions that dictate that they are about winning. And obviously they're going to have their hiccups along the way. They're going to have those games where they suck and they lose mm-hmm. to a bad team. Uh, it happens to everyone, uh, all the great teams it happens to. But what's the consistent dynamic or blueprint for what they do night in night out and more times than not obviously this year they find ways to win and have lots of different guys contributing to that success including porzingis so for him you know i'm you know that that tribute video is is great because mark has been a lot to this organization and trading him so that he can get to boston means a lot to him uh so I, I, porzingis i think he's good with all this man because if if like i said it goes back i mean you're the assistant junior ceo but you're making as much as the CEO. Yeah, right. Uh, this to the
2: regional manager.
4: You're, you're the best recruit. Exactly. You're the regional manager, but you're making as much as the
2: CEO.
5: Yeah.
4: How can you be mad about that? And everyone is profiting. The company is yeah. doing well. So everyone's everyone's so,
2: getting in line for that Christmas bonus. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So yeah, he, it's a. great, Porzingis has a great life, man. We 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 talked briefly about the bench. Some of the bench guys. Mm-hmm. One guy that I think slowly but surely here is becoming more of a, a regular name uh, among Celtics fans is Kata. I gotta say, Kata, Look, man. man, limited minutes tonight, but making those minutes count. I found Bobby, I'm shaking in my boots right now. About my here's
4: the, this is the thing about Kata. I think there are certain matchups, certain rosters where Kata can be a little bit more impactful than Luke. Uh, Luke is a good ball mover. Luke really, you know, when he's out there, he's very good at being kind of that conduit between, you know, the hockey assist and the person who actually makes the assist. Uh, he's very, he's very good in that role. And you need guys like that. When you talk about winning games, but there's some nights where you just need a guy that's going bang. You need right. a big who you need a big, who's going to play big. Uh, and, Kata is that guy on a lot of nights. Now he's going to make some silly fouls. He's going to jump for trying to block shots and also shots that he has no business jumping for because him merely being out there is going to intimidate some guys who are going to hesitate to shoot. Uh, He's got to get smarter in that regard. But if you're the Celtics, I'm warming to the idea of having them both, uh, Because I think there are certain matches where Kata should be playing more than Luke and certain matches where I think Luke should be playing more than Kata. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's Joe's call to figure out how to manage those two because they are two very different types of bigs. And I would like to see Joe do a little bit better job of utilizing each of their strengths because there just seems to be a lot of what I call empty calorie games from Luke where it feels like, you know, it it feels like you're drinking diet beverage where it's just empty calories. Taste isn't great. You're not getting any calories. It's just literally something that's a little bit sweeter than water. Uh, And I don't want that for my backup. I think they're nice where Katie should play more than Luke. And I just don't think Joe feels that press to put him out there. What do you think, Joe Sway? What's
2: up, Joe Sway?
0: What's going on, fellas? How we doing?
2: Better now that we got you in the building. How's it going?
0: Oh, uh, you're sweet, Jimmy. Thank I'm you, good, man. man. I'm doing good. And uh, just to piggyback on that, for sure, sure I, I just think he's still – obviously still a bit raw, right? The, the fouls is still a concern. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but once he gets that down, once he can uh, – be one of those defensive guys and obviously make clean blocks and clean steals I, I think he will be a problem honestly i mean you look at the other night i mean one of the few uh good things that we saw from the Celtics team against that Lakers matchup was how quickly this guy was flirting with the double double i mean he doesn't need a lot of time out there to go out you know grab rebounds and create uh opportunities for the Celtics second chance opportunities and also hey you give him the ball in the paint where he's comfortable he'll dunk you know what i mean he'll dunk on anybody in front of him like he has that that muscle he has that confidence for sure and uh yeah, I mean, that's just – it's just parts of his game that you're not going to get for someone like Luke. But Luke has, has been um, productive. You know, there's, there's a reason why there's a – you know, there's, there's minutes for Luke on the reg. And I think a lot of it has to do with what Sherrod just said, in sense of uh, ball movement, you know, making the right play, being in the right spot a lot of the times. But defensively, in terms of cleaning the glass and being a force in the middle, uh, I think that's where Kata gets the upper hand out of the two.
2: Yeah. Um. Josue, you you didn't get a chance to to give us your Marcus thoughts. We did we did give we did give oh, him about twenty man. minutes to start, but just just give us your take on uh, what you what you saw there tonight and, and anything after the game.
0: Um, I just thought it was really cool to see most of the lower bowl, most of the load uh, guys that had tickets in the load sections just hanging around just to watch Marcus talk to other people you know like he kind of took center court there and uh daps and pounds long talks with al horford uh tatum a little bit you know and then just sort of like that final salute man i thought it was really really cool for fans to just stick around just so they could say thank you one last time And oh, that
2: i moment. didn't see that i didn't see that happen
0: yeah yeah I, I figured you know they they must have went to commercial right after the game but yeah after the post game interview uh after most of the players well all the players really we uh, were in the back. He stayed out there for a little bit, just greeting a lot of the uh, Celtics officials and uh, p- p- you know, people within the organization that maybe he didn't get a chance to say hi to. He took that moment and it was really cool, man. I want to say like, I don't know, Sherrod, what would you say? Like 300, 400, 500 fans were still just hanging around. Obviously. It was a lot. Obviously, they have like zero to no chance of even. Iconing in that making icon, not Sharad. Sherrod was getting ready to get on to hop on, with, hop on with you. But I had
2: to work with you, Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. My, my bad, my bad.
0: Like that's cool, man. Like it's not. It's like he's going in the crowd, uh, giving everyone high right, fives right. and all that. But no, people just wanted to just uh, take in that moment, you know. Uh, because who who knows you know the, the Memphis Grizzlies obviously only come here once a year so who knows the next time they'll see him and i just thought it was a really special day for him and you could tell he really
4: embraced it. Marcus um, is going to be back here someday. It may be as a player, It may be as a coach. Marcus will be back in Boston. Yeah.
0: He's beloved by the organization right, I mean, The way i mean tribute videos obviously they there's a there's a special group of people that get that uh from this stuff this organization but from with Marcus i feel like it, they go a step beyond when they Salute what he's done for the community with the Hero Among Us Award. Like I, I love that moment for Marcus because, um, you know, Sherrod, I, I'm sure you can attest to this. It, when he started doing stuff in within the community, he didn't announce it. Up, you know, he didn't put it out there. It kind of just picked up steam on its own because he did it just for the the, the, the kindness of of his heart. You know, he was a, doing a lot of stuff that is. was
4: really behind the scenes that right. no one that that very few of us knew about. I love uh, that. What, yeah, one of, the, one of the first times that I got a chance to spend some time with Marcus was, was up in Maine at some type of event. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he was talking then about having a foundation and how he wanted to get back. And this was like his rookie season. Uh, and, you know, I, I think back to that conversation. And a lot of things that he talked about wanting to do, he made it happen uh, for a lot of kids. And he did it with, as you pointed out just way, with very little fanfare, very little attention. And that was intentional. Uh, Because it really wasn't about shining a spotlight on what he was doing, but it was about helping people. And what he learned, though, uh, was that you kind of got to bring a spotlight on that so that you can attract other people to Mm -hmm. put a hand and to help with that work. Um, And he's really he's really intentional about just making sure that he's doing his part uh, beyond just being a basketball player. Uh, and, and, and you know, if we're going to keep it totally 100, it's not like he's had nothing but great experiences when he's been in Boston. He's been very clear about the not so great experiences, but he doesn't allow those experiences to take away from what he feels his mission is, which is to help others in a way that goes above and beyond him simply signing a piece of paper or a back of a jersey at a game. Uh, and that's the thing that I've, I've always appreciated about him, about his focus has always been on something bigger and greater than himself. Um, and, he makes that happen. Now, having said that, we also agree on the fact that when the Celtics made the decision to move him and get Porzingis, that was a great deal. That was too a little too damn tempting to pass up if you're Boston. And I love the fact that he is honest about that, about I would have done the same deal, too. Very few players have that that kind of self-reflection. Um, yeah,
0: but All let me ask you this though. You think that's that, that's changed in the last like three or four months? Because if you ask me, I, I feel like it has. Like I, I think this as time has passed and he sees what the Celtics look like now, it's kind of like, Oh, I get it now. You know what I mean? Because I, I remember the first uh the first time we got a chance to catch up with Marcus right after the, the trade happened. He was sort of like, Hey, listen, if they think that's what's best for them, then well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight that, which you, right. you respect, but you I- sort of had that sense of like maybe he's thinking. Porzingis, you guys really think like he's the, well, he's the answer, uh, and then obviously he sees what they look like. He's like, Oh, okay, I get it now. You know,
4: well, I I think for Marcus, his his memory was like, You do realize that I was locking this dude up at 6'4, and he's 7'2, <laughs> 7'3. Right. I do realize that, right? But what Marcus, I think, eventually realized that, yeah, that's true, but you're also the defensive player of the year, you're also one of the best players at your at that particular part of the floor in the nba the rest of these guys in the league they're not that good and guess (laughs) what he puts them on the grill on a regular basis Uh, there's 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 not a lot of players that you see porzingis match up with that they outplay him and it's a clear mismatch more times than not he's going to get the better of whoever is trying to guard him Uh, and so I think as the season wore on and Marcus is yeah doing what I think any former teammate would do, you're going to watch your former team play. Oh, you're, yeah. going to, you're going to you're gonna check out those clips. You are going to be following them on IG and, and all the social media platforms, and you're going to see all those clips. And you're watching Porzingis go to work. You're watching him hitting folks with 22-7 and, and four or five blocks and, and just doing all these things. And One more right. than anything else, they're winning. Yeah. They're not just – playing well they're winning more than any other team in the nba Mm -hmm. and the thing about marcus he understands as a competitor that's ultimately what all this is about what can i do to impact winning is my presence giving this team a better chance to be successful than my lack of a presence and marcus as much as he helped the Celtics while he was here and he definitely deserves credit for that porzingis is getting them further down the road Brazingis is giving them an an avenue of growth that they just weren't going to have with Marcus. Uh, And and so for him, I think it's just part of just his maturation and embracing the fact that, you know, I had a hand in helping them build this, but they're looking to build it bigger, better, stronger, more diverse. And I basically was collateral damage for that to happen. They had to move me in order to get better. Uh, And and, and again, that's, you know, that's just
2: kind of how Marcus is. He right. gets it. He absolutely gets it. Um, all right, that's Sherrod at the at the game. Joe Sway. Whoa, whoa whoa whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, Jimmy, you don't like you don't like the center spot?
2: Okay. No, I think I should be in the line. I want Joe Sway. You're front and center. Everybody knows that. Man. I
4: don't hate it, but
0: just,
2: look, yeah. you, nobody
4: like, passes the ball to the center anyway. So you, <laughs> you wings we got it. We'll, we'll keep
2: taking shots. Center all right. I'll be in you. the middle. You were a sports coach tonight, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll give you a shot. I'll be yeah, in the yeah.
0: middle. That's Yeah, man the middle.
2: Go get some uh, rebounds. We'll keep shooting. So we got Sherrod in the building, Joe Sway's in the building. Bobby Manning was on the show to start. He's in the building, getting some more post-game sound. John Zanis was also in the building, folks. Yeah, he was. That's why he's not in the podcast. He had his Marcus Smart jersey on. No, on he site. had a
0: custom Marcus Smart. I said, thank you, Marcus. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, you know John's going to kill me if I, uh, if I left that out there. Like it was facts. No. Uh,
2: no, John Zanis is at the game. Pretty good season. He wanted us to give a shout-out to Rob from Portland, Maine who came down and introduced himself to John. I apparently wanted to be seen with John, which is rare, but he introduced Yeah, himself he
0: like sniped him, I guess, and his, just like ran all the way over to say hi to John. And Rob
2: that. and his two daughters, big fan of the show. So we want to say shout out to Rob, appreciate the support. Um, And we also want to say shout out to our good friends at HelloFresh guys. So hellofresh.com slash CLNS free. You want to use the code CLNS free and get free breakfast for life guys what is hello fresh you get farm fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep skip trips to the grocery store and count on hello fresh to make home cooking easy fun and affordable that's why it's america's number one meal kit yesterday was sunday let's be honest you sat on the couch and you watched football all day and you didn't go food shopping well that's okay because if you had hello fresh you'd get your food delivered right to your door so you wouldn't have to go waste a Sunday at the supermarket and fight through lines and deal with annoying people you wouldn't have to do any of those things charad right i mean exactly that's, that's, that's my uh, dog yeah, yeah backs my dog exactly so you want to enjoy your sundays you want the food delivered to your door healthy not the takeout trash that, you know, <laughs> is it, is it, is it going to fall in line with your New Year's resolutions and your new diet and everything like that. So HelloFresh comes in. It makes saving time. Um, your breeziest resolution with quick, and immediate recipes delivered right to you. You can choose your meals and select your delivery date. They handle the meal planning and shopping. All you have to do is open your weekly box of pre portioned ingredients and step-by-step recipes to get to cooking. I know Bobby's had it. And you guys, guys, the... Uh, the the food's legit it, it's it's better than what you're gonna figure out on your own like if you're a bachelor out there and you just don't want to cook but you want to maybe like start that you know at some point guys we do have to grow up a little bit we still have to start cooking things and i think HelloFresh is a good enough entry.
3: with the apps that those stupid exactly. apps on your phone you're like fifty dollars to get oh my god you're not even gonna say their names <laughs> because they're such a rip off and it, it, it's bad
2: it's getting worse too so Go to hellofresh.com slash CLNS free and use the code CLNS free for free breakfast for life. That's one breakfast item per box while subscription is active. That's free breakfast for life at hellofresh.com slash CLNS free with code CLNS free. I got the Niners. I'm, I'm going to stick with the Niners. I know that betting against the chiefs probably sounds crazy right now because they've been figuring out how to win games, but I don't think the Chiefs have played great football this year, and I no. I'm just gonna I'm gonna lean Niners. It, it's not it's not a lock, but I'm gonna lean Niners, and that's that's what I'm gonna stick with. I'm going Chiefs. I'm Are going you? Chiefs. Are you Mahomes yeah. guy? I, I, Mahomes believer?
4: I, I I like him. He's he's a phenomenal player. Um, but you know, um, yeah. I'm yeah. going. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going Chiefs.
2: I mean, Mahomes, Purdy uh, is kind out. of kind of one sided there. Right, right,
4: right. Yeah.
0: I feel like they're going to have like that like third quarter where they like break away or something. I don't know. Taylor Swift's going to be like going nuts.
2: Taylor, the yeah. Swifties will be watching.
0: I mean, not that like I'm not one of those people that's like get her off my screen type thing, but like I just feel like it's just the, it's in, the, okay, in the cards It's in the cards. No, I'm not. <laughs> but <laughs> but, but I mean, wait, 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 let me say this I though. Keep the mean She's going to be on
4: for like like 90 seconds for the entire game. Hey. Yeah. That's how you know, that's, that's, well, that's, I mean, that's a prop.
0: That's a prop bet right there.
2: Only the I don't think they can do that. The Niners. Totally. The Niners can, the Niners can prevent it from happening by, by not letting Travis Kelsey score a touchdown. So it's really up to them uh, to keep Taylor off the screen. Good luck. For um, that. Um, all right. Back Good to the game. Joe sway. Mar- Marcus smart, Marcus smart aside. Anything, anything stick out to you tonight? We talked Porzingis earlier. We've talked some Cata, Um you know, obviously Tatum, you know, I guess we really haven't talked about Tatum that much, but, What's really really to say? He beat up on a G League squad and, and he did his thing. Sure did. Um, this was but, practice, but you know, this was like glorified practice. Real yeah. talk. Yeah. We we had a little bit of Horford tonight. Um anything that stuck out to you that, that you want to get, get in here before? Uh, um, really
0: map? yeah. I mean, like through the throughout the course of the game, I kept thinking about what Missoula was saying in the sense of um you know. Picking out what works best for the team when you know, you know what I mean, like reading opposing defenses and making those adjustments on the fly, which is a lot of what these, um, what the, the big conversation is, as Missoula said, happened in practice where the players, you know, and, and Missoula sort of said, Hey, sometimes we use what you see before a play starts, it's not the same thing that what we see. So I thought that was interesting for Joe to kind of let us in on that conversation a little bit, right? Uh, talking about it in practice and then seeing what they did out there tonight especially with uh identifying how Memphis Grizzlies just didn't have that rim protector so how many times were there lobs you know uh, especially in transition where you just knew Grizzlies just couldn't get back there to defend that so I thought the this did a really good job of identifying that and just keep continuing to do it until all of a sudden there's the 20 point lead 25 30 points so on and I think that that's a lot of what Missoula's been talking about it's like pinpointing uh, weaknesses and attacking it and continuing to do that throughout the game. And I think that obviously against a team like this, very, very shorthanded Grizzlies team, it's easier. It's, it's much, more, it's magnified. However, mm. this is something that has to be the norm for the Celtics uh, regardless of who they're playing. So for them to not let up show that the message was delivered, like, I don't care if you guys are playing an actual G league team, like you have to do this every single night. And of course you look at what happened against the Lakers that that wasn't the case. So I like that obviously. And I like, um, Seeing seeing Tatum's uh, defensive awareness, I thought stood out as well. Uh, Jumping the passing lanes in that first half and just identifying, you know, tendencies that the Grizzlies would continue to do.
2: I was going to say, wait, because you you segued perfectly into this clip that I want to play from Joe, so we're going to take a listen to it now.
5: So how did you feel about the response? Uh, I thought we did our job. The uh, the game went how um, it was supposed to go from the standpoint of I thought we played well. Um, we executed and uh, I thought we we came with the right mindset. So um, you can't not appreciate the times where you just come in, do your job and get out. I think that's important, you know, Uh, but the mindset remains the same. Like, you know, whether it's a win or a loss, it's still unhealthy to stay attached to it. So you got to get better. And I think that's the healthy mind frame that we're trying to stay into, you know?
0: Yeah, man, it's perfect. Yep, that's it. Remember how Tatum talked about oh, a bad day at work? This is a great day at work. This is when it's like yeah. everything is going your way. You're like, wait a minute, what's going? on? You're putting out fires left and right like that. <laughs> like you know what I mean? And like everything oh. is just like,
2: wow, look Check at the, the lights floor. up at the office. I'm yeah, yeah. Headphones on, walking down that sidewalk.
0: You're yeah. not like stressed out on the on the way out. What was the you know? deal? Yeah, yeah. it's but, usually yeah. like a Thursday or something. But yeah, yeah. if you want to use that metaphor, then that this was this was that that day. This is a great work day <laughs> for the Celtics for sure.
2: Sherrod, it yeah. sounded like Joe just said, yeah, we busted their ass just like we were supposed to, basically. Exactly. And, and, and he, he
4: did it in a very politically correct, you know, <laughs> way. Um, but that this is what you're supposed to do, though. That team is trash. Yeah. They're trash. And that's no disrespected organization. It's just that they've got so many injuries that they have been devalued to where they've got basically a sub-G League team of players out there. Yeah, I, this team. I don't know if the way they're constructed, they'd finish in the top third of the G League. To be honest, it's it's they're that bad. They're that bad, and and it's no disrespect to the players. Yeah, to just like say, at least
0: six you, G you, on
4: that you, team. Well, you've got you've got like five, six, seven guys in a rotation who should be like the basically the eleventh and twelfth guy on most teams, uh, and they're starting. They're playing major minutes and. Th- You know, you you find out why these guys don't have these big, fat, multi-year contracts because that's not who they are. And so Joe was spot on and just basically saying we handle our business. And that's something that this team we know is susceptible to not doing when they feel that they're playing an inferior opponent. Uh, The Lakers the other night, that team was garbage. And yet they handed you a fat L. Why? Because you didn't give them the respect that a team – in the NBA, should warrant every night. If the right. team is bad and you're playing them, show the world why they're bad. Don't get, don't let them off the hook. Don't let them gain confidence. You know, Austin Reeves looked like MVP. Austin Reeves out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that should never happen. He looked Damn. like he, was the best, he looked like he was the best player on the floor. And with all due respect, when you've got most of your guys healthy, at best he should be maybe what the fourth, maybe fifth best player. Maybe Went fifth. Off. Maybe but fifth. But to, to be better than everyone that you had out there, come on, that's that's just embarrassing. Uh,
0: Yo, two of two of the top uh uh best or well, greatest seventy-five NBA players are on that were weren't playing. They're on they in street clothes, right? Mm-hmm.
4: So you gotta take had, advantage of oh, that. this ain't preseason, this ain't exhibition, this isn't no the no. end season tournament. This is a regular season game. Uh so that was, that was disappointing and embarrassing all at the same time. But to the Celtics' credit, they didn't allow – that's the other thing that they've been very good at. They have not allowed setbacks to linger. They may lose a couple games in a row or three out of four every now and every blue moon, but you don't get the sense that they allow whatever they don't get right to stick. Uh, and that's again, – again, that's part of being a really good team. Uh, I know that – after the Lakers lost, there was a lot of folks jumping off the green team bandwagon, uh, you know, that this team isn't this, they're not that, da-da-da, and that's great for them because when you won the way they have, sometimes you need the haters to, to remind you that you ain't really all that.
5: Yeah. Sometimes you,
4: sometimes you need to hear those voices about, they not that nice. The Clippers are bad. Milwaukee <laughs> lost them in the best of Sometimes you need to hear that stuff to be like, oh, really? Hold my beer. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, go that's, how you,
0: that's, how, that's you how you feel. That's how you feel. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. You know, I, that's I, been the knock on them, Sherrod, Though that has been the knock over the last few seasons is that they don't get up for the they don't get up for the little games. Right. It's not that they don't get up for the big games. They might still lose a big game, but that doesn't mean they didn't get up for it. I mean, there's a couple exceptions. Milwaukee, obviously, is one that sticks out. But we've seen it before. A team comes in, their best player sits, or the best two players sit, and then the like That's a loss. Case, and and you think. Oh, the Celtics are going to roll. No, they're going to get rolled because they, right. they 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 sleepwalk. They 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 right. they don't get, they can't get themselves fired up for it. Yeah, get rolled yeah, up and smoked out the building. And especially like with, the strategy this, for the other
0: with this circumstance, though, Jimmy, like this is the one that sticks out because this wasn't this wasn't news that dropped like an hour before tip off. Right. They knew about four or five hours before the game that no LeBron, no Anthony Davis. The team had a meeting. And then they still, you know, what happened still happens. So, like, you know, when Gary went out there and asked that question, like, which obviously, it's a great question because it's like, the same day you had this meeting, it's like, hey, make sure this doesn't happen. And then they let it happen, you know? So, I I, I just think they, between the... the Yeah, kids just Between the... (laughs) Exactly. Like, yo, deflecting at his best. It's like, man, like, tell me you're uncomfortable without telling me you're uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like, you just didn't want to... You didn't like the heat, you know? So, you deflected. But... Uh, something tells me about the way they responded which I, I doesn't surprise me but again the way they did it though in this game against the grizzlies between the conversation that they had in practice and and just having a a really tough um scrimmage whatever kind of practice they had I, you can just tell that you know this is the result of that you know they, yeah. they these guys really really uh had a lot you know to iron out
2: saturday at the rbacks Center. mhm 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 um uh, what about I know you jumped on when we were talking about uh, Kada a little bit, Josue. I don't know if, if you got to finish your, your – A little bit, that. yeah. Okay. Just but, a- I mean, we know that whether it's Kada Cornette, Brissett, whoever it might be, these, these are end of the rotation guys, maybe not even in the rotation when the playoffs come around. You might have a situation where you need to go to one of those guys. What's he showing you um, over the last stretch of games here that he's been able to get an opportunity to play in? And is he a guy now that <clears throat> see maybe – make you think well maybe maybe we don't need to do anything at the trade deadline not that they're going to do anything crazy anyways but is this team becoming more solidified where you know the trade deadline could come and go and they might be the same exact team and that might not be horrible that might not be the worst thing that might just be you know what yeah. this is our team and and we've seen enough from you know seven eight nine ten guys that we're good with it
0: i i don't think they would be in a bad spot if that were to happen to be honest with you you know you you're seeing the um the continuity, you're seeing the way these guys really cheer for one another. And I think there's a lot uh, to be said about that for a team uh, with championship aspirations. Uh, Kata is a great example of someone that, um, you know, wasn't quite sure if he'd even stick onto the team. And then Mm -hmm. to see his growth in the last two, three months, you could tell like the team really, uh, really cheers him on, you know, when he's in there and Jordan Walsh scores his first NBA points, like, everyone was on their feet in the bed. Well, obviously the crowd helps as well, but like, I just think all of that matters, especially when there's been so many nights where guys, isn't, you know, people who you don't expect to have any playing time are starting, you know, you know, moments where guys have to contribute, you know, and I think guys remain ready. Like the, you know, the whole stay ready crew because of the, the, the way this, this roster is designed, you know, out not playing on the second line of back to backs and, you know, um, uh, is missing a handful of games, so I think all that helps because they they obviously one stay ready and two you're seeing the growth in between you know guys nine and twelve or whatever at the end. Whereas we always knew going into the season that the top six were solidified and easily the the, the better top six across the NBA. But those mm-hmm. spots between seven, eight, and nine I think is now we're starting to figure out. You know, as we see, you know, Hauser coming to his own and uh, Pritchard, you know. Is, Still so, trying to find that consistency, but you're seeing guys so you you're able to plug in and still get results.
2: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Hauser and Pritchard. You would think that those guys, Hauser, Pritchard, Luke, those are your first what three guys off the bench, you know, or you
0: know, with Horford Al
2: yeah. Al aside. Um not a not a ton from those guys tonight. Um, I don't know if that's just the way the game went or the Celtics just went a little bit deeper into the bench and they didn't really need to 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 do as much, but is there Sherrod, I mean when you look at Hauser and Pritchard specifically, because those guys are going to get more consistent playing time than, than Luke will. Are they reliable? Are they are they reliable on a night in night out basis? We know what Hauser can do. We know what Pritchard can do. I would say to to uh, we know what both those guys can do, but can we can we rely on them to actually do it when it's gonna matter?
4: Uh no. And I think part of that is because I don't believe they're going to be leaned on when it does matter. I think this. I think someone's going to play off the bench. Well, yeah, but they don't got to play much. They don't got to play a lot. No. They don't have to play a meaningful role. I, I think you're going to see, uh, you know, depending on how they play, you're going to see their minutes reduce as we get, into the playoffs mm-hmm. uh, which is understandable you want your best players out there for most of the game while recognizing that they're going to need breaks along the way in order to be f- as fresh as possible down the stretch so uh, to me their playing time they are going to dictate their playing time the better they play the better chances they have to be on the floor for significant minutes um, but when a game actually is on the line like in the fourth quarter and you need a stop You know, I think Hauser might be on the floor to some extent if they really, you know, they need a three ball to kind of either stymie a run by the other team or or they need a bucket of some kind. He might be on the floor in that situation. Uh, But they're not he's not going to be on the floor because they absolutely got to get him a shot. They want him on the floor because your options A and B and C might break down. And if he's D, then get him to rock and see what he can do. So I, I don't I'm not worried too much about them in the the bench because I just don't think they're going to lean on the bench as much as they've done in a regular season.
0: Yeah. I mean, we saw that last year, right? Missoula was putting out like a seven man rotation pretty much. He Mm -hmm. just showed you how much trust he had in particular guys. And obviously we saw in that uh, series against the heat that Greg Williams was on the the outside of the uh, circle of trust. Right. So, I mean, I I just think when it comes down to, um, playoff basketball missoula is not afraid to say hey i'm not going to play you i don't trust you out there you know so it wouldn't shock me if you get the same type of approach this year this time around mm-hmm. but obviously you have a much talent uh, a much more ta- much more uh, dynamic team you know group of guys where you don't necessarily have to go eight deep every single night you know but hey that that's what happened last year i'm not saying that's going to happen again this year but it's a strong chance that that will happen without being the sixth guy you know, uh, Hauser, I think has proven himself, so I think he's he's a lot for that seventh. But that eighth, maybe he's Pritchard in one series, maybe it's not. You know, in another, we have to wait and see.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I did, listen. The bench is always going to be the question mark. I don't even know what Pritchard has. Pritchard had any playoff role in his career? Not not much of one. So I mean, it, it's it'd be interesting
0: an- because remember, Eme like like went to him and believed in him all of a sudden in that towards the end of that um, postseason run. And then he had, like, what, that, that huge game one against the Warriors in the finals, and he kind of just, you know, kind of faded from there. But he mm-hmm. yeah, some, some some experience, though. I mean, not a lot of guys on this team can say they, they balled out the way he did in, in limited minutes in that game one matchup where Celtics obviously went off. And uh, as Draymond Green remembers it, something that never was was, was destined to happen again and it didn't throughout that series. But Pritchard did have a part in that.
2: We're talking about uh, the Celtics bench. Jordan Walsh scores his first career points tonight. It was one of those crowds that you could tell they just kind of were were in good good mood no matter what. So I think I, yeah, I think but people I
4: heard, love
0: people love Jordan Walsh, man. Like, that's what I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, yeah. They, they made sure they let him know that they understood it was his first career two points on the dunk. Um, Sherrod went on earlier to say that he thinks Jordan Walsh is a, a future perennial All Star in this league. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, he didn't say that, but he does think that Jordan Walsh can have. Some kind of effect, uh, I think, mostly on the defensive end. I'm going to go to a, a, a Joe bite here on Walsh to see. I have no idea what he said, but we're going to find out right now.
5: I mean, even before that, I think what stood out is just his growth as a player and understanding the the most important thing is defense. And I loved his uh, defensive positioning and his defensive physicality and uh, his instincts. And I think that's gotten you know, a lot better uh, since the beginning of the year. And I think that's a challenge for any young player is like, really buying into the fact that regardless of what you think you are offensively or how it went in college you know you have to play defense you got to learn defense uh, and he's he's done a great job of that and uh, then it's fun for him to you know he got his first two points in the garden and uh, like you said he continued to play the right way
4: I'm there. You go. I mean, Joe and I are watching the same thing. Good. Good to know. Um, I, I, I just, I just think that when you get to the playoffs, you are going to have to win a game, at least one game, where none of your guys that you're banking on all season are going to lead the charge. You're going to need someone to do something that's unexpected, unpredictable, and significantly impactful. Uh, and I, I think Jordan wants to be one of those those wild cards that again, we're not gonna be talking about him much the rest of the season. Right. But there may be a night where, you know, maybe uh, one of the backup reserves isn't feeling well or has some type of health ailment that they're dealing with and he's on an active roster and you know, one of the wings gets in early foul trouble and Jordan Walsh comes in there and plays really good for like three, four minutes stretch. Uh And that puts, that is the recalibration that they need to go on to win the game. And even though that that'll probably be a night where Tatum has 30 and Jalen will have 25, those who watch the game will remember the surge that put you in control of the game was sparked by the rook. Uh And mm-hmm. I think that's, the role that, that he could potentially have going forward. Because, again, I've seen him play, you know, like three or four G League games. He's good, yo. I mean, right. young fella is nice. I mean, he can ball. Uh, and He's athletic out there. He's Ridiculously athletic. He's way more athletic than I thought. Uh, that's probably, Jimmy, that's the one thing about him that I didn't anticipate would translate as well mm-hmm. at this level. That is from what I've seen, uh, I, I knew he wasn't a great shooter, but I thought he was a solid athlete and was just kind of one of those guys that does a lot of different things, pretty good, but really hadn't figured out what is he great at, at this level. Uh, his athleticism is going to allow him as, as time moves on to get on the floor and, and do some things that his talent hasn't quite caught or his skill set, I should say, hasn't quite caught up with the athleticism. And that's okay uh, because right now they don't need that from him. It'll come in time. But right now I, you know, I would love to see, Joe figure out a way to get him. He doesn't have to play every game, but find a way to get him out on the floor, you know, with these last, you know, 30 some odd games. They got,
2: um, we're just texting with Bobby. He is going to, um, he is going to jump back. I just told him he's going to jump back on. He's finishing up where Tatum's talking right now. So we're going to get Tatum's reaction on Marcus smart night. And, um, I guess maybe some, some other comments from the game. Um, Speaking of that, I got a I got another clip here. Let's see what Al Horford had to say uh, about uh, old friend Marcus Smart.
1: Yeah, um, it, it's special. You know, it was special um, to to be able to share those moments with him. Uh, I, I knew that you know the crowd was going to be you know very very grateful and appreciative, and uh, and and they were you know they were great. They really showed their appreciation, and um, and it was nice to see not only Marcus but also you know, his wife um, and, 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 you know, and, and the people that were uh, along with them, you know, that they were kind of taking everything in, appreciating the moment and, uh, and, and feeling the love. You know, Boston, you know, has real love, um, you know, for Marcus. And, um, and even though he's on another team, it doesn't change, you know, how, how we feel about him uh, as our, our guys. And, and also the, you know, the fans show how they feel about him as well.
5: There you go.
2: Tomato of a number of years. Toss this comment. This is this is based on our Pete uh, Pritchard combo standout game against Milwaukee. That that's what I do. Game. Yes. So yeah, Pritchard has nice. been there. Pritchard has been there uh, to some extent. So we shall mm-hmm. see.
0: said um, that was cute. Yeah, I remember
2: that. We got, I, got the I love
4: I love here. Pritchard, man, and I, I love when people stick up for him. Uh, he's just a feisty dude, and I, I like feisty guys. Uh, yeah. I just wish I just wish he did what he's capable of doing more often.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, he's yeah. a
4: good shooter. He's a what's really preventing good that,
2: Gerard?
4: Uh, I, I wish I knew because uh, it, it damn sure is an opportunity because he's getting opportunities mm-hmm. to do that. Uh, I, to me. Is it when I watch him play, is it, is it? I don't, I don't think it's so much the size. Is it the, it's the
0: contract, Sherrod? Is that contract? Is, it, that con- is, it, is it being, is it being comfortable knowing that you know you got some
2: security for the next couple of years? I don't think he's years? ever been so comfortable, Joseph. Yeah, I don't think he
4: knows what that feels like. Um, uh-huh. He strikes me as, as someone who, even when he is comfortable, he's thinking about, man, this really isn't it's- quite as comfortable as it should yeah. be.
0: This could all um, end tomorrow yeah Yeah.
4: no i i think he's just a guy that you know when i look at him play and i look at his his shot making he's very much a rhythm guy uh and sometimes it takes him a little longer than it should in theory to get into a flow get into a rhythm Uh, the thing that I, i i do like about him though that he's able to more times than not it's not an issue is his defense he's a little guy who doesn't really get kind of beaten up and and blasted though i most little guys do. And I think part of that is because he's just a little bulldog. I mean, you're trying to post Mm -hmm. him up. He's not having that. Um, If you're trying to, you know, just shoot over the top of him, he's going to crowd your space and and make it uncomfortable for you Uh, to me in in a lot of ways, defensively, particularly when guys try to post him up. He reminds me of Drew Holiday, a smaller version of Drew Holiday because Drew Holiday has been able to show that he can hold his own with damn near any player in the league. I mean, Joel Embiid was having issues. Putting him in, you know, putting him on a block, uh, you know, this season, which is should never. I mean, the physics in your head tell you that should never happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joel Embiid, 260 and some change. Drew Holiday, nowhere near 260, maybe not even 200. Uh, yeah. But he makes him work. He, he and, makes and it, that, Yeah. yeah and, and that's that's the beautiful thing about Drew Holiday. And, and, and just kind of coming full circle to our, our buddy Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday is, is essentially a better version of Marcus Smart.
0: When you look at the thing. okay, seeing this. Wow, on Marcus
2: Smart night. <laughs> that's Smart Knight, not. That's, that's not shade. That's <laughs> not
4: shade. That's you not shade. That? that was like Zanis when it. they retired. On when Marcus Smart night. When they retired. That's not Kansas shade. Number. That's not shade because Marcus is a hell of a player. He's a really good player. But Drew, when think about this, Marcus. I'm not disagreeing. I don't know, I
0: don't know, I don't know Maybe a couple He's years ago.
4: Well, let, well, let, well. Let's look at it this way. You talk about playmaking. You talk about shot making. You talk about on the ball defense. Mm-hmm,
5: mm-hmm.
4: Right today, forget, I mean, if, if Marcus were, were not injured, Drew is probably a little bit better than him. And you look at the fact that Drew I'm is with a peripheral.
2: Mean, yeah,
4: Drew is a per- and, and and again, there's there's no shade in that. I mean, that's just like saying, Well, you know what? Uh, you know, Jalen is 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 a good player, but you know, there's some guys who are better. I mean, mm-hmm. and when you talk about Marcus, Drew is a guy that's probably better than him. In many respects, and and and, to, and again, to me, there's no shame in that because that doesn't take away from Marcus being a great player. It recognizes what the Celtics were able to get in Drew Holiday, which is a really good championship player, guy who's already got a chip.
2: And I think uh, I think Drew is the guy that's. Probably making the biggest sacrifice out of everybody. Uh,
4: exactly, and, and the fact that you got your team—I mean, Drew's not even talking about. It. You got his teammates talk about the sacrifice, which means something is happening in practice, and we're not around. That they're just like, damn, Drew still got some stuff in the bag that he ain't even pulling out the woodworks. Let me uh, ask you something,
0: sure. are watching the playoffs, though. He's gonna have one of those games where it's just like, oh, like that's yeah. what Milwaukee's missing, yeah. you know? Like he'll, it's probably, he'll it's,
4: pro- it's probably gonna be against Milwaukee.
0: <laughs> yeah it probably is because he
4: nice. he's gonna be like dame lillard huh okay yeah let, let me ask you something okay straight, they don't, and, and they don't Jeff, win okay.
0: that ship without drew man like he had right. such a big part of that man. he did
2: he did his defense Crazy. was phenomenal phenomenal jim jimmy you're about to ask something yeah i asked him oh, you can you can go first right then joseph i'll get your opinion too we got we, there was a quote that came out last week late last week maybe from brogdon and it basically hmm. the short of it was that they asked him about his i get maybe his feelings in in portland he said you know, I like it here. I'm not trying to get traded. It's nice to be in a place where you know you're appreciated. Essentially, yeah. Oh, sh-
4: the shade was real. The shade was real. The shade so, was real.
2: A thoughts on that. B how is that different than what? Why is that different with Drew Holiday? Why is what different with? Drew why Hoy? is so? I imagine what maybe what Brogdon's saying is that in terms of sacrificing, sacrificing role no. being sort of switched around. I'm I, I'm I'm not saying that it isn't different, but why why is it different? Why should Holiday not feel the way? Uh, Brogdon felt, I guess. Because Drew's
4: appreciated. Drew's appreciated. Drew's appreciated.
2: way way Brogdon appreciated?
4: Because Brogdon was part of a team that was built differently than the one that Drew is built with. Think about it. When Brogdon was here, you had him, you had Marcus Smart, you had Derek White. Uh, and, and this was Derek White pre, I should be talked about, as an all-star Derek White. Mm-hmm. But you were seeing signs that Derek was trending toward being a very impactful player. So you had three very impactful players, really – vying for one position essentially uh and they looked at the big picture and it's just like okay marcus is a staple uh Mm. ain't going nowhere and Derek white we traded for Derek white and we had to actually give up something for that was like the one that's like the one trade that brad made where they actually gave up some legitimate capital as far as first round pick stuff like that uh and flip to this year with drew holiday it's Drew Holiday. It's Derek White. Who's competing with them? Who's who, who's okay. challenging them for minutes? Exactly. So if you're Drew, you're appreciated more so because you're not fighting for attention. It's like being – it's like trying you're to – You're getting the minutes.
2: Like, you, even though he's not getting – let's say he's not getting the looks on offense, though. Like, that's yeah. okay with him because yeah. he's more of a defensive-minded Marcus, guy anyway. Yeah.
4: Marcus was in a three-headed battle to be prom king. Drew has no real competition to be the prom king. So he's feeling much love because there's, there, he doesn't have that dynamic at play. Um, so I, I, I get the difference. Uh, now back to, to Malcolm's comments. Uh, he's spot on. They didn't appreciate the dude was, was he gets six men of the year and you trade him. That's that's, that stuff doesn't really happen that often. Um, but the reason he was traded was because as the playoffs rolled on, even with him being hurt and not knowing how much you're going to get out of him, uh, even with the idea of him being healthy, I think they realized that we've probably gotten as far as we're going to get with him. And we need, as much as we like him, we really need to add a stretch big.
5: Mm-hmm. We need
4: to add someone who can actually re- kind of be almost like a relief valve for the offense. And so you, you target Porzingis, who you knew was was someone that was clearly available, um, and when that didn't work out, you moved on to Plan B to get Porzingis, which was Marcus. So, yeah,
0: you know. yeah. I mean, plan. he's got a he's got a good point in the sense of what happened over the off season, because let's face it, between Brad Stevens' quote saying that, oh, we have to mend that relationship because we, you know, the the collapse trade with the Clippers that fell through and all that stuff, but in reality it was okay how can we cash in on this chip that we have like that was their goal like we're going to we're going to strike someone big and brogdon has to be a part of it so yeah you're not going to feel appreciated because you feel like i wasn't really part of your future you just sort of wanted to use me as a chip to improve your roster overall so clearly that's not the case right now in portland however when you look at the way the game was played how things how the season played out you wonder if brogdon thought that going into the season he'd have a lot more say and how things were going as the veteran as you know uh, a point guard has been in this league for a long time respected you know in this league and on top of everything he thought he was going to be playing for email so there was a lot of yeah. uh you know uh what i thought was going to happen didn't happen you know a lot of the expectations that i think that in uh the way he saw this thing playing out in boston obviously didn't play out um the way he saw it mm. uh, but i think I, I don't think it's just about the way the season ended. I just think it's the, the, way the decisions were called shots were called and all that. And of course the, the off season, you know, it was like, do you guys even, are you guys even considering me as, as part of your future? And rightfully so Brogdon, you know, they probably weren't, you know, it was, it, w- it would have been worst case scenario. Brogdon's back. Uh, if you think about the way the Celtics approached the off season in, in their trades.
3: Can you imagine this way? He's back angry, Rob. He's Harris. back
0: angry. Mark is out, Rob Marcus out. Harris. Like,
3: yeah, it this would
2: be been. a much,
0: this would be a very different season for the Celtics. Yeah. That's why obviously. it's
2: good to be proactive, boys. Sometimes right. it's hard to make those trades and make those decisions, but you, you want Yo, to avoid those. Shout
0: out to Brad for making those tough decisions, man. You can
3: see the future. There's,
0: Welcome no back, way, Bobby. there's no way that stuff's easy if you're Brad Steven.
2: Bobby, quick comments on Brogdon's comments before we get back to tonight's, or did you already talk about this uh, some other episode?
3: I don't think we did. Brogdon? Okay. No, I haven't hit on yeah, it yet. We, we,
2: we all hit on it. So why don't you give us your, your take?
3: I still don't get the retrospective complaining about how things went down here because it was all good right up until the very end. He embraced the six man role and he won it. About it wasn't like he how, wasn't
2: appreciated. I mean, people yeah. must have appreciated him to vote him as the six man of the year.
3: Yeah. And you understand the gripes over the trade aspect of it now the rolling and the appreciation i feel like there was plenty of appreciation here if anyone wasn't appreciated again we've said it over and over again jimmy it was Derek white took one shot in crunch time last postseason they that's never why i'm played. cracking up
0: guys <laughs> sorry that's a funny comment the steve the steve jobs turtleneck i think it's sharp well done well done dj daniel sorry Go ahead
2: yeah
3: one of the fans <laughs> we ran into tonight was uh Praising your mustache, Jimmy. He said, keep it up.
2: Is this Rob from Maine? No.
3: <laughs> a different one.
2: Oh, a different um, one. Wow. Fans Bobby, coming uh, out Bobby, tell
0: us, tell us about the next big thing. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What can we expect to hear at, this, at the meeting this week? New color iPhone? No. All right, Bobby. We waited for you. We want to know um what, what can you tell us? The fit is
0: doing? dope, though.
3: No Been
2: around for Tatum, oh, yeah. um, Tatum reaction to Marcus, or just in general. What do we got?
3: No, Jason obviously just took in the crowd reaction, and he's seen in a couple of different situations now just how much adulation you get from the fan base here after you're done, especially if you have a long, successful career. You talked about seeing, you know, jerseys go up in the Raptors and, um, you know, being around, obviously, KG and Pierce to some degree. But this being a guy that he played with for as long as he did, seeing how that gets you this treatment here in the city is, I think, just another layer to Tatum's starting to understand the experience here a little bit right and he's talked about that in several different interviews him starting to get the expectations and mm-hmm. you know sort of how fans interact with this team and even just living here for as long as he has now so I think it's another layer to that I found al horford's comments uh, great hearing a- on him as well yeah that was we, got, great.
2: we got we got clips on both so I'm gonna play Tatum first then I'm gonna go right on Oh, we already played Al, so I'm gonna just play um Tatum's comment.
3: Right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it just goes to show that, you know, if you when you put this jersey on and um you respect the game and respect uh the organization and respect the people that came before you by, you know, essentially uh, giving it your all every single night. You know, when Pierce and K G and Smart, uh, you know, when they all came back for different reasons. The the reception and the love that they got, uh, you know, when you do all those things, the fans they appreciate it, and they uh, they know how to show their appreciation. Whoa, Joe Sway's gone. We lost
2: Joe Sway. We lost him. <laughs> the thirty-second clip, Joe Sway. Damn it!
3: Can't take a break. Yeah, shortest clip ever. Damn it!
2: Thirty-second clip, Joe Sway. <laughs> he what thought it you was about it? to
3: be like an inauguration <laughs> speech. I thought it was like forty-five
0: at least.
2: You know, there's a little stop camera button you can click. You know,
0: know how, you know how Tatum you know what Tatum does, does with his uh – uh like i yeah. thought it'd be like at least a 45 second clip
2: but. those are the comments that i mean probably you mentioned it we're have we're waiting for those types of comments for years and years and we years thought and they I would never come over the last Man. couple of years we're starting to hear it a lot more and um yeah it it, it 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 it's nice to hear players in the moment appreciate it not after the fact not saying oh you know <laughs> i didn't realize it until i played on you know team x y and z after but understanding how special it is and uh, I think a guy like Porzingis is a great example of that, coming from a, the opposite uh, situation and, and seeing the difference. Um, so it's yeah, nice to see him
3: smiling. Yeah. Right, right. That was a thing tonight. There were obviously clashes and hard times and bumps, and people had their gripes with Smart at many different points. But tonight I just think showed that even his biggest detractors looked at him and said, he works his ass off he played so hard and he meant well at the end of the day with everything he did and you know tatum and brown both talked about that it wasn't always smooth sailing with him as teammates uh, brown especially and you know when i asked him before the game about the comments he said in memphis jimmy that really surprised me i was surprised brown put it out there as plainly as he did that he couldn't stand marcus at first and then he learned to love him yeah. over time Uh, and you know Matt Smart said tonight that was mutual like they (laughs) did not get along early on in in their careers and you know now they've called each other brothers and Mm -hmm. you know all the stories of Brown going down to Smart's mother's funeral and all that and you know the way they keep in touch to this point that you almost feel like one way or another and Tatum obviously said it right after the trade happened there could be a reunion down the line who knows how it is who knows in what capacity? But it feels like this is one of those things, much like Horford, that are gonna is gonna come back around, and maybe it's years and years down the line here. I don't think it's anything imminent, but mm. it feels like there's a connection that is gonna push the motivation. Retirement to, uh, home somewhere. To yeah, maybe they end up in the same <laughs> same place. Yeah, uh, um, and Horford said like this was the first step for him, given his own experience moving on from Atlanta and being in a couple of different spots this return home is the important step really the first step he called it to um actually moving on and it's gonna be difficult i mean they're in a rough spot jimmy it seemed like one of the big things brad said obviously right when he made the trade was we're sending him to a good place like he's gonna be able to win here he's gonna be happy here and you know i think everybody catching up with him today felt that he's in a good place that he's happy that he's at ease with what went down and he expressed that too but it, it really starts like last year yeah, it's it looks like year. they're starting from square one to a large degree here.
2: I mean, it, it, it's unfortunate that it happened for him, but that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. So next year, you know, they got to trust front office to get things back in order. And yeah, they need some luck too. I mean, in, injuries happen. And what happened to John Morant sucks, you know, straight up. Nobody saw that coming. And when he
3: came back to the team, Bobby, they were they wrong they,
2: they were rolling and, and things were looking good for them.
3: And it just That's what that coach you know, said pregame. They were finally getting it together and then it just all fell apart. I mean, it's not even an exaggeration. Everybody's hurt on that team. Everybody. yeah, no, Every single including player. Including the
2: defensive player of the year. It's they the had 13
3: same. players on the injury report tonight.
2: It it really is something that I've never seen before. And, and, Sherrod, I mean, you've watched a lot of basketball. I can't imagine you've seen a team with a roster that looked that much like it didn't belong on an NBA court.
4: <laughs> no.
0: I
2: mean, you, you don't it see this. Is, you, yeah.
4: you, you only see this in a preseason.
0: How many, yeah, how, many uh, how many players did you Google? How many players did you Google,
4: Be honest. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> oh man. I'm so not going to answer that question. To probably my life. not. Looking each other like, yo, <laughs>
2: who's this? Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. What's his name? Like yeah, crazy. It's not even. I wow. hate to say it's not even really worth looking up some of these guys' <laughs> names, man. Yeah. Uh, but but good for them. I mean, hey, great 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 for those guys to get that opportunity and whatever happens, whatever. That's as much as we're going to talk about uh, the Grizzly situation. But there is another team that deserves our attention and our discussion because some breaking news tonight. Oh, As oh B- yeah. Woj announced that Joel Embiid – Woj, and I'm sure, amongst a, a, a number of other reporters, announced that Joel Embiid will undergo surgery to repair a torn meniscus in his left knee. There is no timetable for his return, but they are not expecting – and this is just I, – I, I would say that – they're not expecting him back anytime soon. And I think, Bobby, I think you tweeted that you, you think he's done for the year.
3: I think he's going to miss the season. The prognosis is Dr. Flynn and others have written for meniscus repair surgery is at least six months. I don't know why they're being vague in their characterization and the injury here. I'm sure Did they, they
2: stay uh, torn.
3: They described it as a displaced flap and every you know, medical expert on Twitter it's just semantics everywhere else is saying it's that's a tear. Um, and if repair, and again, this is being reported in a couple of different places, that the surgery is going to be repair here, that is a long-term Sucks. absence. And and you're
4: talking about a guy who has had a long history of issues with his yeah. lower extremities, his knees and legs and stuff. So it's it's devastating to them, absolutely devastating. Uh,
0: so. Yeah, man, especially because um, you think about the last three years and I feel like everyone sort of had this thing in the back of their mind, which just like, when is that next injury going to happen? Because, you know, it's just historically, that's just what happens with bigs, right? Especially when they have a history, when they're super young. I mean, his rookie season was delayed because of foot problem. Like, you just sort of can he see. his
3: first two years, Joe Sway. Two years, yeah, right. Two, yeah.
0: You can just kind of see, like, okay, this guy's not going to have one of those 15, 16 year careers, but. How much is he going to, you know, once he hits his prime, which clearly he's in right now, you know, how, how are the Philadelphia 76ers going to take advantage of that? And I'm starting to wonder if we're, we're coming towards the end of that, of that window, that MVP window, if you will, where he was a candidate. This to wear year. And tear. He won it he last year, you know, and it's like, man, like how many years is, you know, of high level MVP caliber basketball is left in, in Embiid after this?
4: Bigs don't get to age gracefully. They never get to age gracefully. It's always, or I should say more times than not, some type of physical ailment that derails what otherwise would be an impressive career. And and Joel, unfortunately, you get the sense that that may be the path that he's starting to go down right now uh, with this injury. Uh, And for Philly, you know, it's a devastating blow because this was one of the better teams that you had in recent years that actually looked like a team that could make a little noise, that could do a little something. something. Um, that ain't happening without Joel. You can still win some games, but you're not you're not going to go far in the playoffs without him. You're not built for that.
2: No, no, it's a damn shame. I mean, it feels like they they've been unable to just put a championship caliber team around Embiid at the same time that he's been able to be healthy. And last year, obviously, he had a, just a, unreal. Season That was the closest but they can't got. can't expect him to to be doing – to putting those numbers up just to get – just to almost get by, you know, just to, yeah. just to get to the second round of the playoffs. He has to put together a historically good season. And it's just too bad that they weren't able to find the right pieces to – I mean, listen, when I say it's too bad, I'm not losing any sleep over it. It's too bad for them. I don't give a rat's ass what, what happens – what good things happen to the 76ers. But I will say that it, it is a shame to, to almost waste the talent. No, no one
4: thought you did,
0: Jimmy, but yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: we, we yeah. it
4: never crossed our minds, Jimmy. Yeah, I never want to make, make it mind.
2: very clear that I don't give a rat's ass about the 76. <laughs> it's, it's such a uh, nice guy. Yeah. Uh, but you never want to see anyone get hurt. And certainly, I, you know, I love to see a huge fan of greatness, hot take. I, all the greats, I want to see them play at their peak as long as they can. That's why I was pissed that LeBron and Anthony Davis didn't play on Thursday. I want to see those guys come in here and I want to see a good uh, a good match. People pay a lot of good money and they have a lot of interest in, you know, histor you know, these are historically great players. He wanted to he's see smart. Too. Moran. Smart Moran. want to see
3: smart Crazy. too, of
2: course. Yeah. Another historically great player in, in Bobby's <laughs> uh mind. Um <laughs> but that that is just the reality of it. So the Celtics maybe catch a little bit of a break there. I mean the Sixers now, I mean just checking out the standings. What are they? Fifth or sixth? They're they're fifth in the standings.
3: It's tight um, in the middle, and this Pacers was,
2: are right behind them, and and no. they could end up. Now you're looking at a.
3: This Boston, is probably the Milwaukee. team that played you toughest this year. Yeah, Pacers on the come
0: up.
2: You're saying maybe Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Knicks, and Indy are going to be like your 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 top five teams, assuming mm-hmm. the Sixers kind of slip a little bit here. Which I, I, again, they give them credit. They had a hell of a win. Uh, I think it was Saturday night or Friday night against um, was it Utah? Anyways, hell of a win without Embiid, but they just can't they can't keep. They'll that be in the
3: mix. They'll survive, but the upside and the threat to Boston isn't quite there as it was before. Right. And right. they'll you know they'll reshape their play. I'm sure they'll go smaller. I'm sure they'll use Harris a bunch more, who can be formidable if he's you know propped up in the offense there. And they have plenty of ammunition to make a move. Um, now, who's out there in terms of centers? You know, Clint Capella could, could potentially be available mm-hmm. if they send out the money. Is that what they want to go all in on here? That's a, the tough decision they're going to have to make. Do they want to still try to compete this year? Or do you kind of take that step back and say, next year we're going to go all in? And that might be what they prefer to do here, especially since they have more assets this summer. So mm-hmm. this is potentially your biggest threat in the East that is out of the picture now here. So it is a uh, it is Big news. And, of course, they're not ruling him out. I saw that aspect of the report here, too. They believe he could return at some point this season. But, again, if this is a repair One of those, series, like,
2: oh, if they get to the second round of the playoffs, maybe he comes back. The sort finals, of a, you know, yeah, something oh, like yeah, that. Exactly, so, yeah.
3: You know, you're looking at Cleveland now. You're looking at New York. You're looking at Milwaukee, if they can turn things around under Doc here. But this is as much of a sign as ever that the East is wide open for the Celtics to take control of now. And that shows in the standings here, too. They built quite a large lead on the one seed over uh, the number two Knicks or number two Cavs, whoever it is at this point, Bucks. So there's a runway of the finals here, Jimmy, and they have to take it. And tonight was, you know, even though the competition on the other side was as bad as you can imagine, the fact that they took care of business as smoothly as they did here in this one Tatum with a great game um, bench guys, stepping up, moving on from that bad, bad Lakers loss. It was good. Mm -hmm. And again, you have, winnable games rest of the week hawks uh wizards and the heat again on sunday so keep building Who's on that next? standing hawks on Who's wednesday next? hawks on wednesday Last all right, game before we... the trade deadline yeah that's all right
2: true. we'll talk about we'll do we'll do a little trade deadline prediction uh after wednesday night's game but i think we've gone long enough guys Ooh. uh hour and a half tonight want to thank everybody for jumping on Sharad Joe Sway Bobby the big three Reporting live from the TD Garden. Where else are you going to get this type of coverage? Again, we want to thank.
0: Hey, um, hey, Jimmy, that's Sharad's podcast, actually. But
2: oh that, no, that's yeah, that's true. Yeah, we're. Podcast,
4: <laughs> but appreciate man. you though.
2: Appreciate I wasn't. I wasn't. Hey, complaining. Hey, I, wasn't hey,
4: complaining. Hey. I wasn't complaining about that.
2: Well, <laughs> you guys are my big three. How about that? But oh, <laughs> shout out, shout out to Shiraz podcast as well. Yo, you Jake, heard that, John? The, all these three guys. No, like we podcast, did not.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no way he's watching
3: John? this John? Who's John?
2: Yeah. John's not, on. John's not on this show, so he's not
3: he, – he, he will not be – Give me John podcast. Coming soon.
2: Yeah, coming soon, but uh, catch Sherrod been on been
3: on- this
0: for four years.
2: It's coming. Just keep wait, waiting. Sherrod's got his <laughs> podcast. Joe Sway's got his. Bobby's got his. You can find mm-hmm. them all on CLNS. Again, we want to thank um, our sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. Get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins – you want to go to FanDuel.com slash Boston. And, guys, do it this week because the Super Bowl is in a week. You're going to want to have that bonus bet money available to make, you know, you can make $201 prop bets if you want. I wouldn't suggest going about it that way, but certainly you could. Um, a lot of different ways to go with it. But, again, thank you to FanDuel. Thanks to everybody um, who watched us um, wherever you are, at home, on the road. I um, want to thank uh, – just want to say thanks. How about that? We're all thankful. Um, Sunday night, Celtics win. What is the uh here we go 131.91 Celtics over the Grizzlies, and we will see you guys all Wednesday. Oh, wait a second. We got an outro, don't we? Where's this outro? Here we go. Boom, outro, peace. Wait, just got an outro for us, I think. No, he doesn't. He
3: said he was gonna work on an outro. He had a phenomenal game. Phenomenal! Forfeits out I I think it's an option. (laughs) That did not sound like a chair It was a freaking chair It does sound like a chair